and welcome to the Big Ten Review Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host Mario. What's up, Mar? What's up, buddy? Man, what a week we just had uh, in, in the Big Ten and in, in all of college football. I'm excited to get into it today with you. I am too. I cannot believe what we just saw this past week. Not only do we have, in my opinion now, Mar, probably the best coaches in America in the Big Ten now with Matt Rule coming in and, and replacing Mickey Joseph, which we won't dig into too much. I don't think that's for us to discuss. Luke Fickle coming over. Uh, now we have, you know, I think we're both watching this USC game at the same moment. Lincoln Riley will be here, Chip Kelly. I mean, crazy week. The college football playoff, you know, Michigan blows the door off of uh, Ohio State. But Ohio State's sitting there at five, so we're watching this USC game saying, what's going to happen? What a wild week, man. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned those coaches, Matt, uh, Matt Rule coming into Nebraska, Luke Fickle coming into Wisconsin. I think those guys are making like $9 million, $7 million a piece. It pays to be a Big Ten coach. I don't know what we were thinking. We picked the wrong career pass, apparently. Um, I'm excited, though. You're going to have uh, more top-end recruits, more competition coming into the Big Ten. Uh, it's exciting times if you're a fan of the Big Ten Conference. It really is. Um, what a, what a crazy week! I still can't believe that we're sitting here. Michigan uh, really goes to Columbus and just and really knocks the door off of uh, of Ohio State and throws them yeah. off. And what yeah, it that was does surprising. And re- that's without Blake Corum, right? You saw Blake Corum go in, get injured, and before I even really dive into that game, I want to I want to talk about like the implications of this, right? We're looking at the college football playoff. Michigan is now at two. What does that make? TCU number three. Number four is, um, my gosh, USC. USC, Sorry. Um, And number five now is Ohio State. Like, Ohio State's right there, right? And that's really tough because if a team loses by 22 at home to end the season, odds are they're not making their way through. But it it looks like the door's wide open for Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State's right there to sneak in. And and like you mentioned, we both have USC-Utah on our TVs right now. Utah beat USC earlier this season. So, um it was at Utah. This is on a neutral at a neutral site, so it'll be interesting to see, man. It, I, I think, in my personal opinion, I think Georgia's safe regardless if they lose to LSU. I think Michigan's safe regardless if they use to, lose to Purdue. I, I, I even think TCU's safe if they uh, lose to Kansas State. The one is USC. If USC loses for that second time to Utah, I think they're out, and I think the Buckeyes are in. I would agree. I can't see how you can punish a team like TCU who's undefeated. I know they haven't looked pretty at times. None of these teams have this year. It wasn't like Georgia from last year. You can't punish them for playing another game, right? They went out, they won the division, and they're going to go and play in a conference championship. Ohio State didn't do that. And, um, you know, I know we're, we're promoters of the Big Ten, and, and rightfully so. But realistically, I don't know how you could punish a team that's playing an extra game, right? They earn that. And it sucks because the Big Ten, we've talked about it all year long, the East is just loaded. Penn State would knock anybody out in the West. We have an 8-4 and four Purdue team that's about to play uh, the, the yearly yearly blowout in the conference championship to play Michigan, you know, the, the, the yearly sacrifice in the conference championship. I'd love to see, you know, uh, that, that changed up. All right, we're going to have to fact check what I'm about to say when we take our first break tonight. But I think I read that the West Division has never won the Big Ten championship. It's not true, is it? Didn't I'm pretty Wisconsin sure. Win? But I think they realigned the divisions at some point. We'll fact check me, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read the West has never won 
the Big Ten Championship. And that might change next year with USC and UCLA coming in. If, if those teams are, if they do do some division realignment and those teams are uh, in the West Division, I, it'd be tough to pick against USC. But uh, you know what? I'm looking at it right now uh, because, you know, why not fact check on the move here? And I see that not since uh, it was the Legends and the Leaders, in which Wisconsin won twice. But since it's been East-West, you're spot on. It's been the East every time. Oh, perfect. We're going to have to put a little sound effect in there. We absolutely Is that what you're trying to tell me? You're trying to get me to put a sound effect on? You're crazy now. You keep trying to get me to put music on. You keep trying to get me to do sound effects. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change your voice. I'm going to make it like high-pitched for the entire thing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm thinking like a cash register, like a no. you know, chain like kind of money. noise. No, yeah. I, I, I got some funny ones. Maybe I'll come up with something like that, but you're not going to like what I choose. Uh, why don't we dive in, though, man? I, look, the college football playoff, it's clear now. Ohio State can get in. I think they have a good chance. But we got to get into that game, the game of the year, the game that we were hyped up for. Um, and I want to preface this by saying we were both wrong. We said in the very first podcast we were going to be wrong. We both picked Ohio State to win the East and to win the conference, and we were both wrong. And here we are. Michigan goes to Columbus, keeps it a game for, for about a half. I, I th- Actually, they hung in the game for about a half, and then they just unloaded in that second half. Yeah, then they blew the doors off the Buckeyes. Uh, what a game this was. I mean, I'm not sure too many people, including us, outside of Ann Arbor, saw it going this way for the second year in a row. Michigan absolutely laid it on Ohio State. Buckeyes had no answers in the second half, like you just talked about, on either side of the ball. Credit to Jim Harbaugh and his staff for those halftime adjustments. That was impressive. Credit to J.J. McCarthy. He had the best game, in my opinion, of his collegiate career. Credit to Donovan Edwards. He went off in that fourth quarter. And, Josh, he was playing with a broken freaking hand, which is just wild. His Uh, dominant hand. (laughs) Yeah, credit to Michigan's defense. What they allow? Three points in the second half against an Ohio State offense that we've watched all year. Just put up points at will. That was a very impressive all-around team win for the Wolverines. I couldn't agree more. It, you know, it was early on in the first quarter, and Ohio State is just – they're taking it to Michigan. Michigan can't move the ball. Uh, you know, I didn't love the game plan early. It, J.J. was clearly uncomfortable, right? Like he, Frazzled. It, it, was a bit, it was a bit too big for him in that moment, which you'd expect from a true sophomore. Like, that, that's, that's going to happen. Very few people can get by. And Michigan comes in with, what was it, Corum goes down after, like, you, you see him move and you're like, oh, no, like, he's, he's not playing the rest of this game. And C.J. Stokes, the running back, comes out, and I saw two runs where he just missed. It. One, it was a cutback, and one looked like he just missed the hole. And I'm watching that going, oh, this is going to get ugly. This is going to, you know, because Michigan wins by time of possession, pounding the rock. This is going to get ugly. And uh, and you and I were sitting there talking like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a rough game. And Michigan's defense just kind of did enough, right? They got them in third and short where Ohio State hasn't been great. And Ohio State was not – I don't really understand. They got away from the run when they didn't need to. They Michigan was just covering Marvin Harrison Jr., making sure that they got physical with them and, and they couldn't get the ball to them. And then all of a sudden it all just clicked. J.J. started hitting – you know, he hit, what, Cornelius Johnson for that big play, in which there was another wide-open receiver, if you've seen the clip. Um, Roman Wilson beat his guy. Um, but, but it, you know, another play later, Cornelius Johnson was open by, like, 20 yards, <laughs> and J.J. just throws it up. And I see a lot of Ohio State fans saying, if Michigan didn't have five big plays, 
that th- this game would have been a lot tighter. Well, you know, I don't think that's a fair a fair assessment. Uh, Ohio State was clearly running cover zero, cover one, and just committing to stopping that run. And and that's that's what you get for for committing to the run. You're susceptible to the pass, right? So so to follow up on what you're talking about, one of the reasons why I picked Ohio State to win this game was because of the inefficiency that we saw all year out of Michigan's offense in the red zone. Well, when you have scoring plays of 45, 69, 75, 75, and 85, you really don't need to worry about that red zone offense, do you? You absolutely don't, right? I, that's the thing, man. I, I agree. And this is the same thing that happened last year. And so as everyone kept talking about the red zone offense, I didn't stress it as much because look, they 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 put up big points on on Ohio State last year. They threw the they threw the hammer at them. They they knew exactly what they were doing, and uh, it, it's clear to me. We talked about this last week that Michigan overlooked Illinois, a really good Illinois team. They overlooked them, and they came into this game with everything. And Ohio State. Um, they came in. With, I didn't think their game plan was bad defensively. I thought commit to the, stopping the run and make JJ beat you. Unfortunately for them, JJ beat them. And then I, I just think offensively, they got away from the run and and they brought in that you know a wild card with Trainum coming in to run the ball. I don't understand. And this isn't anything against this young man. He he was great, but Dalen Hayden just had a career week. The previous week, what what was that all about? I didn't understand that. So I, I did want to bring this up, and you led us right into it. There were some odd coaching decisions from Ohio State, in, in my opinion, that I necessarily did not understand. I mean, obviously they're in a tough spot with Travian Henderson not being uh, available and why Mayan Williams being limited. But I don't understand why Hayden uh, only got two carries in this game. He tore it up last week. He looked fantastic. I believe he earned your Golden Chicken Award last week. Instead, they have trained him, get the bulk of the carries. It was his first game all season. I didn't understand that. And I, like half the time they cut to Ryan Day on the sideline, it looked like he was watching his car get towed. I, like, he just didn't. It was just it was odd. It was unusual. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it almost seemed to me, it, they went to the half, and we were both like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a rough game for Michigan. And it was, I think it was Ryan Day who was like, we're being more physical than them. Well, it almost was like, get your ego out of this. Like, you might be more physical, you might be playing more physical than this team, but but you got to win the game. And Michigan came out, and let's be honest, they were way more physical in that second half. Donovan Edwards goes off for two huge runs. They can't shut JJ down. You got a, a freshman tight end, Loveland beating you. I mean, nothing was going right for Ohio State. Um, and, and to be honest, they were outcoached. In my opinion, Harbaugh out- proved uh, that, that he is a more tenured, uh, a better coach in that game for, for against Ryan Day. So we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. What do you think this does to Stroud's Heisman chances? I mean, it's we're watching Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams win the Heisman tonight is what's going to happen. So I, so I would argue that, though, even with the loss for Stroud, he didn't have a bad statistical day, right? 350 yards, two touchdowns. But, yeah, it's, it's going to come down to him and Caleb Williams. Um, we saw Caleb Williams ball out last week versus Notre Dame. He's got Utah tonight. Uh, it gets interesting if he goes off against Utah tonight. It really does. I, I think it's already – I don't think it's interesting. I think this is Caleb Williams to lose. I mean – I don't think there's any way, unless he like throws four picks tonight and loses the game in an outstanding fashion, I don't think there's any way he loses that. But you're right, Stroud's stat line doesn't look beautiful in this game. But I don't think he performed that poorly. He had, I thought, a really bad play. Uh, I think he was throwing it underhand. But, he, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah, I don't right? fault him for that, right? He's trying to make a play, right? 
I appreciated the effort. I, I and I, I can't knock him for the game. The guy throw through. We were watching that game going like, man, there's very few quarterbacks that can throw that pass. But he also had Marvin Harrison Jr., who was just a monster. Everyone saw that again. Uh, I agree. He didn't have a bad game, but Heisman voters, you know, I think it's hard. It's just like the Pac-12 when people don't watch them. It's not that they don't perform well, but people don't watch them, so they don't get highly ranked. I think it's kind of the same here. You know, I, I think it's one of those situations that not, not everyone fully understands the game or didn't watch the, you know, they just watched them get blown out and saw, thought C.J. Stroud was part of that, but I thought he played a great game. I do think JJ played a really great game too. Um, I, I think we're overselling a little bit because he threw to some wide open receivers, but he did make the right read. He was cool, calm, and collected in the shoe and uh, came out with a win. But what a game we saw, man. Yeah, great win for Michigan. Great win for Har- Harbaugh. Great win for this Wolverines team, man. So, one thing that I've been saying to you for the last year is everyone's like, can Michigan keep up with Ohio State? Can can Michigan, you know, are they going to be able to, to win two years in a row? Is there any chance? And everyone seems to be like, nah, no way. But here we are. Like, are we going to go into next year? Or are people going to be like, can Michigan keep up with Ohio State again? Like, are they going to continue to do that? Or is it now like Michigan is the top dog and people are, are trying to take them out? What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I mean, next year gets interesting because you got no Stroud at Ohio State. Um no Smith and Jigba, no Trayvon Henderson. They lose a handful of those offensive linemen. They lose a lot of talented players, as does Michigan. But next year for the Wolverines, you got J.J. coming back. you got Donovan Edwards coming back. Um, you got most of the receivers, aside from Ronnie Bell, coming back. you got Loveland, the tight end, who's come on in this last month um, like a tornado. I mean, um, Michigan's got a lot of talented returning players, and the game, the game Michigan-Ohio State, is going to be played in Ann Arbor next season. So... It could be it could be another really good year for this Wolverines team. We got a war, my friend, and I love to see it because I just I want to see some competition. Right, it hasn't been closed for years, so um, going to be a lot of fun. Mar, we got a few more games we got to go over. Purdue, the Purdue Spoiler Makers. Hey, I I called them to win the West. I just want to remind you, the Purdue Spoiler Makers. Go ahead and win the West, and I want to talk about them. We got some other games, Iowa. Uh, your all Iowa Hawkeyes with probably the biggest choke job. I actually would like to hear an apology. Um, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about our golden chicken as well. Let's take a short break. And, and we also have the uh, Big Time Championship game to get into. I'm looking forward to it. Let's take a break. are back mario we got the rest of these games to talk about and i want to jump into the first one but before we do i would like for you to publicly apologize to me for trying to get me sold you sold me enough to pick iowa this week to win and choke city i don't care what excuses you're about to use i know you're going to use laporta i know you're going to use one one for six spencer peaches for nine yards as an excuse but Iowa had no business losing this game, and they lose 24-17 to to Nebraska. Yeah, you're not getting an apology from me, but this was a really tough loss for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I mean, they've kind of become America's team over this past month. Forget the Dallas Cowboys. It's been the Iowa Hawkeyes. All they <laughs> needed to do was beat this Nebraska team, uh, and a team that's kind of been on the ropes all season long, and they would have secured their spot in the Big Ten Championship game. But, I mean, they're playing with without arguably – the best tight end in the Big Ten, Sam Laporta. 
They're playing uh, for the majority of the game without one of the MPI's top-rated Big Ten quarterbacks in Spencer Petras. Uh, they also lost their top cornerback, Cooper DeGene, in the first quarter to an injury. I mean, those are three monumental injuries to overcome. Look, Iowa wins this game nine times out of ten. This just happened to be Nebraska's day. Uh, Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer looked excellent all day for the Cornhuskers offense. Biggest news, though, coming out of this game had nothing to do with anything that happened on the field. Uh, Nebraska, Matt Rule, is going to be their new head coach next year. He did an excellent job at Baylor in his last year in college. I'm excited to see what Nebraska looks like next season. Yeah, I am too. But, I mean, a lot of what you said was um, was just bad. Uh, I'm just going to put it that way. Just bad. Uh, uh, the N- MPI, all, all that, just bad. But I will say there's there's a lot of news around this. Iowa had no business losing this game with or without Petrus. Huge, huge loss because you just blew the West, right? It was given to you on a silver platter. You are playing on Friday night. And you lost. Um, and you know what? Congratulations to the Purdue Boilermakers to have an opportunity here. Um, but it's not even just the Nebraska thing. I mean, look, the Mickey Joseph stuff that comes out, I'm not going to talk about it. it. Really disappointing to see. Um, and and I think the even bigger news, and, and we can talk about this more later, Cade McNamara from Michigan, who I picked to start this year and I thought was a fantastic player, he gets an opportunity to go to Iowa and uh, and I think lead this offense. Now, if I'm Cade McNamara, I'm picking up the phone and saying, Charlie Jones, come on back. Like let's let's be best friends. But Cade is the perfect fit for this team. And I I'm just saying it now. Iowa is gonna be a force to be reckoned with the next two years with Cade McNamara. He is he's he's efficient, he's got a great arm, and he's an upgrade from Spencer Petrus. I don't know about that, but we'll we'll talk about the transfers next week on the on the podcast. But I absolutely, I'm I'm right there with you. I absolutely love this move of Cade McNamara going to Iowa. I think it's a, a fantastic move. It's a, a fantastic fit for him and for that Iowa team. That's exactly what they need for this offense. Um, I, I'm excited to watch Iowa next year. Like that, that's, that's a great transfer. That, that's that's going to be one of my favorite teams to watch. Um, and, you know, I, I want to give some shout-out to Trey Palmer for this game. Nine receptions, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Casey Thompson, 278 yards, three touchdowns. Great win for Nebraska. That's how you want to end a season. You want to go and knock off a team that's trying to win a championship in some capacity, and uh, they did exactly that. We also had Rutgers going to Maryland and getting the doors blown off of them as well. Uh, tough game for Rutgers, tough way to end the season going four and eight but maryland and seven and five in a very very tough east um great win for them to finish this year yeah i mean there's no cute way to say this maryland slaughtered Rutgers on saturday uh this was an ugly loss for the scarlet knights tongue of iloa played great for maryland he's battling through some uh some, some uh, knee issues right now he went for over 300 yards and a touchdown on this one i've been impressed with what he's done all season long roman hemby had a big game for the terrapins on the ground three touchdowns um, look, Maryland didn't have the best uh, November. They lost to Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. They've struggled uh, against some of the elite teams in the Big Ten this year, but they're finishing out the year strong, and I'm looking forward to watching them in a bowl game. I'm curious to see who who they get matched up with. And uh, congratulations to Dante Demas, seventh player in Maryland history to reach 2,000 receiving yards in his career. 513 to 135. That is the total yards in this game. Yikes. Congratulations, Maryland. I actually think... I'm just going to tell you, Mark, I think they're a little underrated. I don't think people give them enough credit. This is a good football team. They had a little bit of a rough patch. It's a good football team. Congratulations to Maryland. 
uh, on the same path of a blowout here, Illinois just uh, depanced Northwestern. I mean, 41-3 to Northwestern with five interceptions, six turnovers. Just not a, a good overall day for those Wildcats. Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Josh. I didn't watch much of this game. Uh, Northwestern's been a disappointment all season long. They're tough to watch. Credit to Illinois, though. Um, they fell just short of that Big Ten West title, uh, but it was still a really good year for them. They, they finished the regular season at, um, what are they, 8-4, and four, an improvement from 5-7 and seven last year. Uh, Brett Bielema has his team on the right track. Uh, and even though they're going to lose Chase Brown to the NFL, I think they, they have a really good chance to improve even further next season. Yeah, tough game. For, for Northwestern, 1-11. I think they're happy to be out of misery here. Tough year. It, it, it can only go up from here, at, at least I hope for Northwestern. Uh, tough game. Um, Minnesota finishing the year at 8-4, knocking off Wisconsin, uh, who is now 6-6 six and six on the year. Another tough game for Graham Mertz, but you know another one of these teams that ends 8-4, and four, uh, pretty strong showing. I know they're disappointed not to win the West, and they probably – should have it looks like they had a shot at one point just like uh, Illinois but congratulations to Minnesota for a big win over Wisconsin yeah this was a good win for Minnesota but uh, the lead here the streaks over Ibrahim under 100 rush yards in this one it's a bummer Um, this game had a really exciting ending Uh, Minnesota scored on on a 45-yard touchdown pass with three minutes left in the fourth to take the lead Graham Mertz goes down the field for the Badgers uh, they get the benefit of a pass interference penalty in the end zone, first and goal with like, I think it was like 20 seconds left. But Minnesota hung on. Good win for the Gophers. They hang on to the Paul Bunyan Axe for at least another year. Big win for them. I, I didn't even notice the Mo Ibrahim thing, but you're right. He averaged 2.6 yards per carry. They bottled him up, which I would say is the key to beating Minnesota, but they did not win. Here's one more game before we get into the the winners of the West by my choice. Um, which I will we'll talk about the implications. I was looking at the contract, and that's pretty exciting to see that I uh, I pulled that off. Um, but, man, the Spartans, you know, you lose the previous week in a game you shouldn't have lost to a team you shouldn't have lost to, and now you get blown out by Penn State. I, I, a lot of Spartans fans, I have friends that are huge Spartan fans, and they thought they, were, they would win this game. They thought they could pull it off, end the year strong, and they – just struggle they lose 35 to 16 and Penn State drops into the top 10 uh, for college football playoff ranking which is well deserved in my opinion but tough game for the Spartans you must have been talking to my buddy Boris because he loves the Spartans and he had them winning uh yeah Penn State caps off that 10 win season that we've been talking about uh they're gonna get chosen to play in a really nice high profile bowl game Sean Clifford played his butt off in this one over 200 yards four touchdowns it was a really nice send-off for him his final home game at Happy Valley but with all the injuries and suspensions from Michigan State it really showed on Saturday they had a lot of trouble controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball um maybe I'm wrong here uh, but I think this is their third losing season in the last four years it's not good um Penn State's been on a mission uh, this past month ever since they lost that game to Ohio State, ever since it slipped away in the fourth quarter. They've only given up five offensive touchdowns in their last four games. Clifford looks really good. Singleton and Allen have looked really great in that backfield. Congratulations to Penn State. I'm looking forward to watching them on New Year's Day. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. I, I tell you what, though, Jaden Reed, tough game, three fumbles, lost two of them. Not what you want to see. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say it now disappointing year for Mel Tucker. I would like to see more from Mel. This this but at the end of the day, 
you have to throw this year away, learn from it, move forward, and and win next year. It's as simple as that. You've got to be competitive in the West. You don't pay a coach that much money, and you don't have some of this this off the field drama for for not having winning seasons. And so I know that that Mal Tucker, you know, people believe in him, and and I believe in him. Um, he needs to turn it around this next year. But I also want to mention Penn State, man. They have two losses against the number two team in the country that uh, they, they beat them up. Let's be honest here. Michigan beat them up. And they lost to Ohio State in a game they were very competitive in for majority of that game. This is a really good football team that just doesn't get enough credit right now. But congratulations to the Nittany Lions winning 35-16. to we got one more game to talk about here, Mar. Uh, it, it is the winners of the West. The Purdue Boilermakers beating Indiana 30-16. to They did not choke this away like the Hawkeyes. They made sure they won this game. And uh, Purdue is officially going to the Big Ten Championship to be Spoilermakers against Michigan. Do you remember my text to you on Friday night, last Friday night? I told you that I was officially changing my pick to win the West uh, to the Purdue Boilermakers. Congra- congratulations to both of us. What a pick. Um, <laughs> hey, this pretty much went as we expected it to go. Uh, Purdue's the far more talented team of these two. Uh, and after watching Iowa lose on Friday, knowing that all they needed to do was beat Indiana and they'd be playing in the Big Ten Championship game, there was no way they were going to lose this game. Aiden O'Connor looked good. Charlie Jones had a few huge catches. He was close to, I think, 40 yards per reception. Maccabee played well. This is a good Purdue team. It's been a really good season for them. Some close losses early. They lost to Penn State. They lost to Syracuse. But they rebounded, and here they are heading to Indianapolis to take on the Wolverines. Going to be a fun game. Look, man, the Purdue spoiler makers are for real. If you are watching this and you're, you're thinking, man, Michigan's going to just unload on Purdue think twice it's not going to happen that easily Purdue's a good football team this is a very good offense they're going to come to play absolutely um we're getting into this Michigan Purdue game right we absolutely have to get into the Michigan Purdue game but real quick before we do that I want to talk about one thing and um I was reviewing the contract that we wrote before this which I'm, I'm really good and if you look at section 4b Column three, all right, if you want to review that, so take a look when you have a moment. If, yeah, I don't have it in front of me. I, okay, well, pull it up later. It, it's I should have a copy I can send to you. Um, but within that, all right, if we both picked and that we someone from the east and the west, um, and from what I understood, you get five points. You know how we have been, we've been um, doing our rankings all year and picking teams and, and who is going to win? Well, I saw you get an extra five picks in the win category if you pick the correct winner of the West or the East before the season started. So I, I went back and I listened and I said, all right, we both picked Ohio State, so we got no no points in that category. So none of us got any extra wins. But I looked at the West and you picked Wisconsin, I picked Purdue. So actually I am leading now. I have I have chosen more wins and I'd like to congratulate myself. I, I have one question for you. I no, no, thank you. How many drinks have you had tonight? <laughs> Zero. You got to review the contract. You've been, you've been so bad in our weekly picks this year. You are so far behind me in our weekly picks this year that you're just trying to make up these crazy circumstances where you somehow take a lead. I'm not going to let it happen. Hey, we still got the bowl season, so there's still a chance for you to catch up in the bowl season on I our weekly picks. Mario, you're just upset that uh, that I happened to pull that one off. I'm sorry for for doing that, but now it puts me in the lead. Hey, let's take a short break. I want to come back and talk about that game. 
I want to talk about that game, and then uh, and I want to go through our Golden Chicken Award, all right? Absolutely. Let's do it. are back you know i lost audio there for a minute mario so i had to i had to skip us ahead but um i all i can say is congratulations to me for those five bonus wins but you know what let's let's go through well let's not not talk about the fact that that i picked the west and you didn't i i don't want to embarrass you or anything but i think we want to talk about the golden chicken award this is a special week um, because we had really one game we had our eyes on that I think all of America had their eyes on. And also, I want to talk about the upcoming Big Ten Championship. I, I know that this looks like it's going to be a blowout to a lot of people, but I, there are some serious implications that we got to discuss. But let's start with the Golden Chicken. I want to hear from you. Who are you taking this week? Week 13, Big Ten Football Conference. My Golden Chicken game ball helmet sticker goes to Donovan Edwards, running back, Michigan Wolverines. This kid is playing with a broken freaking hand. He had an insane fourth quarter, helped secure a win for the Wolverines, 216 yards, most of them coming in the fourth quarter, two touchdowns. What a game. Heck of a game. I love that you just said that, too. Here's the thing. This is the crazy part. Donovan Edwards, first of all, his dominant hand appears to be his right hand, so he didn't even... He's catching the ball and he's running with his left hand. Like it's, you can tell he's not really comfortable and he's still pulling off. He carries the ball 22 game, 22 times this game. And it was clear from the start, from the very first couple snaps after Quorum went down, that CJ Stokes was going to have to carry the load. CJ Stokes, the third string running back, they're thinking to themselves, all right, we got two injured running backs. We're going to have to go into our third string. CJ Stokes mix, mi- I'm sorry, misses two cuts very clearly, and then they pull him, and Edwards comes in. So they weren't even planning on giving Edwards the ball, and here he does. Here he is. He comes in and he unloads with 216 yards, two huge runs, and carries the rock 22 times. That's an amazing pick. Unbelievable game for him. Yeah, he he played fantastic. He played lights out. So I'm gonna tell you, I got. I think we have to stick with the Michigan theme, just winning. This was a playoff game, in my opinion, right? Going into this, it was already Michigan, unless they lose by 70 tomorrow to Purdue, they're in. I can't see how anyone else would, would do it. Um, but we have. I'm going to stick with the Michigan theme. And there's two players I want to recognize and then one that's going to get it. It shouldn't shock anybody. Uh, one, Cornelius Johnson, four receptions, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Not only did he open up the game with, with breaking a tackle, um, he had a huge completion later, but he had separation by like 20 yards. If you watch that over, he he can he gets the safety to turn his hips, and then boom, he goes upfield for that post, and he is a wide open, huge breakout game for that young man, and uh, really proud of him. I will say another one, kind of a wild card, Will Johnson, freshman, previous five-star for Michigan. Um and uh, he comes in, and he's at Marvin Harrison Jr. for a good portion of the game. Uh, and he, I wouldn't say he locks down Marvin Harrison. I don't think anyone can right now in college football. Um, but he played a great game against one of the best, right? I, probably the best in college football. Um, so really proud of what, what he did there. But my golden chicken is going to... And I know we, we discussed this because we both were going to pick a J.J. McCarthy. The stat line isn't going to blow you away. Nothing is going to shock you with this. But 12-24, 
12 for 24, 263 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. It was clear to me when he came in. He had the jitters. He was a little nervous. But you know what? He comes in, and he knocks out the Ohio State Buckeyes. He hits the deep shot. He hits it just enough. The pass to Loveland, stepping up in the pocket, climbing that that pocket and throwing the ball. I mean, these are things that you expect from a quarterback, but he's a sophomore, true sophomore. Huge win for for them, and it was because of J.J. McCarthy. They challenged him. They said, J.J. can't beat us. And J.J. said, yes, I can, and I'm going to. So he wins two years in a row, knocks off the Ohio State Buckeyes. So congratulations to J.J. Yeah, he played great, and he had a rushing touchdown. I mean, he controlled that That's game. True. After those first two or three Michigan drives where he looked a little frazzled, he had he seemed like he was in full control of that game. That's a great pick. You know, I forgot about the touchdown run, but if you watch the film, I, I watched it over again. So I don't know what Ohio State was doing, by the way, with, with some of their alignments. The defensive end lines up really far out, and the, the defensive tackle is really um, – there's a huge gap right there, right? Um JJ spots that during that play and he quickly gets everybody to the line and set and he and he he carries the ball. So he's that's probably the play call but he quickly does it because he sees it. That's a great play by JJ. Great leadership to get his, his team uh ready to go. So congratulations to JJ. But Mar, we got to talk about Purdue in Michigan. Michigan is now number 2. Purdue is 8 and 4. This game I I, I can't say I'm I'm uh, expecting Purdue to win, but this game could be a little tighter than than I think a lot of Michigan fans would like to see. Yeah, I mean, they earned the nickname Spoiler Makers last season for a reason. Uh, first meeting for, for between these two teams since t- uh, t- uh, 2007. Josh, Jeff Brom, head coach of the Boilermakers, is 3-0 and versus AP top five teams and as, as Purdue's head coach. And you know where Michigan's ranked, right? We just talked about it. Number two, I'm just saying... Um, Back to this would be back to back titles for Michigan. First time since 2003, 2004. Uh, they're looking to solidify their spot in the college football playoff. Personally, I think they're in regardless whether they win or lose. Let's talk about the matchup, though. I mean, let's start with the offenses. I think both of these offenses have been terrific this season. Michigan's running game has been unbelievable this year. We saw Donovan Edwards last week, um, what he was capable of against Ohio State, who is a really good defense. And JJ McCarthy had the best game of his life, like we just talked about on the road, hostile environment. He balled out. Uh, we saw Mich- Michigan's receivers show up huge last week. They kind of been a little absent the past few weeks, but Wilson, Anthony, Bell, uh, freshman tight end, uh, Loveland, uh, who, who's playing out of his mind right now. And Purdue's offense is no slouch either. Aiden O'Connell has the capability of being the best quarterback in any game he's playing in. Charlie Jones is hands down the best receiver in this game. I believe he was first uh, first team all Big Ten. Maccabee has shown up huge for Purdue's running game um, late in the year. I do worry a little bit for Purdue, though, because we saw what this Michigan defense is capable of versus an elite Ohio State offense last week. I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Michigan opened up the playbook, right? So now everything's on the table for Purdue. But if I'm Michigan, bracket Charlie Jones. That's clear as day. Do not let him – don't let Charlie Jones beat you. He's the best player on their offense. You can't do that. And if I'm Purdue – I tell you what, I still probably try to have them. I probably try to shut down the 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 pass more so right now because you got to either a keep feeding the rock to Donovan Edwards or b you got to let one of your young players do it. CJ Stokes is probably going to have to carry the load. We saw Corum; he now has to get surgery on his his knee. He's I I don't know that they said he's out for the season, but 
he's not playing, right? He's not going to be in this game. They can't just give it to Donovan Edwards. There's got to be several running backs carrying the load. Yeah, um, I, we kind of saw the formula last week. Marvin Harrison Jr. where they where they kind of they kind of they kind of had a safety over the top. They shut him down in that second half. Uh, I wonder if they implement a, a similar similar game plan against Charlie Jones because uh, Purdue's offense is good. They're versatile, but you eliminate Charlie Jones, it's going to be tough sledding for that Purdue it offense. Will be Maccabee has done a great job in in his time that he's played, but I wouldn't say he's. I don't know. He he doesn't have a, a lot of explosive plays, right? He he gets you the yards that he can get you, which will work against Michigan. Pound the rock a little bit, but this is a pass first offense. And I will say Payne Durham was a fantastic player on this team. He's going to make an impact in this game, in my opinion, uh, the, the senior tight end. But uh, still, Michigan probably is too much for this football team. Michigan's still a really good team. It just depends on what their injuries look like. Don't forget, Mike Morris barely played against Ohio State. Uh, Michigan's offensive line has been a little beaten up. Um, it just depends how healthy they are. Yeah, I was just going to bring up injuries in Mike Morris because I don't know that we even saw him last week against Ohio State. I mean, he was on the sideline. He was, in, he was dressed. He was in uniform. He was holding his helmet. But um, without him, uh, you would think the key for Michigan, right, get pressure on Aiden O'Connell, shut down Charlie Jones. You should be in decent shape. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see if Michigan's able to create that, create and generate that pressure. Yeah, I'm, I'm also intrigued by that. And, you know, Mar, uh, we talked about the game a little bit, and I will tell you it's looking a little more gloomy as we watch this. USC now goes up two scores on Utah. Um, a little more gloomy for Ohio State. Uh, as this game goes on, but it's still early. It's only the first quarter. So uh, Caleb Williams might have just had his Heisman moment about five minutes ago. He broke out for like a 60-yard run. I think he ended up sliding at the five, so he's just short of the end zone. But then he throws his, what, second touchdown pass of the game. He's, he's just an incredible player, man. He, he really is. He's, uh, he's a fun player to watch. And I think he's only a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't mind watching him in the college football playoff. I just want to see Ohio State in there as well because, you know what, I'm a huge Big Ten fan. I want to see Ohio State. Look, how fun would that be to see Michigan-Ohio State in the national championship? Yeah, people in Columbus got to be biting their nails right now because it's not looking too promising. They're going to uh, – USC holds on here. They're going to need TCU to get blown out by Kansas State by about 40. Yeah, I would agree because Georgia and Michigan are in. Mar, I think we have to make our picks. Who are you taking? I think I think we do. And um, just a quick recap for, for anyone who's forgotten, I'm still leading in our weekly picks. I believe I am up. You had a good week. I had a bad week You're last up, week. Even after the five uh, bonus I, points? I think I, we'll talk about that later. I'm up two picks on you. Um, all right, let's cue the music. You know I'm not cueing music Music's for cued. one pick, right? I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michigan-Purdue, look – Anything can happen on any given day. Uh, But after what we saw last week in Columbus, Ohio, I would be nuts to pick against the Wolverines right now. I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines to remain unbeaten, and we're going to see them in a few short weeks in the college football playoff. Gosh, man, I almost almost came in just to say Purdue. I've called them the spoiler makers. I picked them all year to win the West. Um, And not to embarrass you for not not picking them or anything like that. I don't want to rub it in that you didn't pick the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, But I just think it's not. They don't have enough to compete with Michigan. 
I know Michigan's beat up. I know not having quorum is rough. It's clear to me they have a good game plan. J.J. is probably going to have his confidence through the roof after that win, right? Like, they said he couldn't do it, and you know what? He went and proved them wrong. Michigan wins this game. I think it's tighter than they'd like to see at halftime. It's probably Purdue winning at halftime because Michigan is a second-half football team, um, but Michigan wins this football game. Yeah, no guts. Yeah, no oh, guts. I got not a three-game lead now with the five you said. So, I mean, I feel pretty good about uh, about where I'm at. I don't know, man. We'll see. I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for Championship Saturday, man. I know. I, I'm stoked for tomorrow. I can't wait to see some of these football teams. Can LSU compete with Georgia? I know neither of them are in, in the Big Ten. I want to see that, though. I can't wait to see TCU, Michigan, Purdue. Josh, we might have some breaking news on the podcast. I don't know if you're watching this. Caleb Williams is having his hand looked at right now. It's still, uh, he, he looks all right to me. I don't know. They just had some doctors over there looking at his hand. That's crazy to think. Who knows? Could you imagine? What would that put Stroud, Stroud back in the lead of the Heisman race? I don't know what that looks like. I think it's. I think Stroud's still just above Caleb Williams. No. Have you Have you looked at? I, you, it's funny because usually you look at Vegas picks and um, at odds. So I'm surprised to see you haven't done that, or if you're just playing the game like you don't look at it. I'm going with Stroud. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, your your choice is Stroud. I I'm intrigued to see who's there. Stroud, uh, Caleb Williams. I still think Blake Corum should be Spencer there. Spencer Petras. Oh. Blake Corum should be there. He probably won't because he hasn't played, but um, he deserves his chance. It's a quarterback award, so. I know. It really has turned into that. Shoot. If not, I would have given it to Marvin Harrison Jr. Kid's a stud. But, Mar, why don't we wrap it up? We have, uh, there's still a lot we got to talk about in the upcoming week. I mean, we got the Big Ten, um, you know, the, the All American team that we're going to be seeing pretty soon, the Big Ten team. I, there's so many cool things we got to talk about, so many coaching changes that we probably have to dive into a little bit deeper. Um, but a lot I want to talk about in the coming weeks. But I think it's about that time that we wrap this one up and, and go from there. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and for the support. We appreciate it. Enjoy Championship Saturday, everyone. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and look for us on Twitter at BTR Show Pod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next week.